Yes. The air quality across especially Northern California, Oregon, and also into Washington is about as unhealthy as it gets. It's some of the worst air in the world. Meteorologist Jeff Baradelli, the smoke has drifted eastward all the way across the country, and the fires are still burning. 36 people have died. In Oregon, Coin TV reporter Jamie Chamber in Marion County. It really is uh, something you have to see in person. House burned down, house burned down, and then every once in a while, you'll see a line of caution tape surrounding a house as search and rescue moves in and tries to do everything they can to find everyone that they're trying to find in this uh, this Beachy Creek fire. Health experts are worried about a rise in coronavirus cases this fall, but they're still on the increase now, as Jim Cursula reports. COVID-19 cases are increasing by 5% or more based on a weekly average in 11 states. That's according to data collected by Johns Hopkins University. New cases in Wisconsin have increased 32% in the past week. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease expert, calls the trend disturbing and warns of a rough fall in winter. Jim Crisula, CBS News. Historic signings today at the White House. Israel will seal its new diplomatic deals with the two Gulf nations of Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates. Dow futures are up. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. Pros today have to do whatever the job calls for, and the Home Depot is here to help make that easier. With a wide range of delivery options, you can get what you need, from job lot quantities to small supply runs, delivered where and when you need it. Don't want to buy the tool? Rent it. We've got the most innovative products and more ways for pros to find them in-store and online. Pros are changing. So are we. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Don't you love that feeling when you've just nailed your look? That's how it feels to use Stitch Fix, your personal styling service that delivers hand-picked clothes right to you. Stitch Fix is simple and convenient. Sign up in just a few minutes, and you can try out new styles right at home. And there's no subscription required, ever. So, isn't it time you started nailing your look? Get started today at stitchfix.com. Stitch Fix, personal styling for everybody. The coronavirus pandemic is having an impact not just on our spending, but on our savings. We're putting less away for a rainy day, as Maria Garcia reports. The recent survey from Finance Buzz says more and more Americans are dipping into their savings and retirement accounts because of the COVID crisis. In fact, nearly 30% of Americans say they've decreased or stopped their retirement savings altogether over the massive economic changes. 26% of those polled blame their status on a job loss. Lower wage workers who tend to have fewer financial resources have been hit the hardest. Maria Garcia, CBS News. The Western wildfires are having an economic impact. They're causing huge losses for property insurers. They're putting more of a strain on the economy overall, overall rather, and could do so for at least a year. Insurance losses in California alone could top $13 billion. That was the record set back in 2017. I'm Cammie McCormick, CBS News. Balance of Nature, changing the world one life at a time. My name is Dr. Roger Bond. I've been in practice for around 30 years now. One of the products that I recommend to my patients, I highly recommend, is Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables. Back in the early 2000s, I began to have some respiratory issues that affected my practice. It affected my family life to the point where I'd come home from work and basically just lay down on the carpet because I was so tired. As I took Balance of Nature, that began to slowly change and the energy came back and I was able to enjoy time with my family. I recommend Balance of Nature to all of my patients because it's a product that works. With three fruit and three veggie capsules, Balance of Nature provides you with all your recommended servings of fruits and vegetables every day. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code FRUITS. 
At Century National Bank, we believe strong communities are built with local volunteers, donations, and leadership. Last year, we supported 301 local organizations and donated more than $393,000 to our local communities. Our bankers care about helping our entire community thrive and prosper. Century National Bank is committed to investing money locally and doing everything in our power to support the people and groups in our neighborhoods. Century National Bank, Division of the Park National Bank, member FDIC, CenturyNationalBank.com. When there's something strange lurking under your bed, who are you going to call? Dustbusters! Athens Dustbusters are a licensed, bonded, husband and wife team that offer up top-of-the-line janitorial services at great prices, and they serve commercial and residences across Southeast Ohio. As the seasons change, don't worry about the cleanup. Call Athens Dustbusters at 740-541-7113 for a free quote. But don't just take our word about the Athens Dustbusters. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm John. And we're Athens Dustbusters, and we will bust your dust. Did you know that televisions built today have a mean time to failure of just one to three years? That means your brand new TV could break in just one year as manufacturers look to sell, not to maintain. Because that's how they make their money. A TV supply company, we are here to help. If you TVs or other electronics back to life with a knowledgeable and friendly staff eager to help get your equipment back to like new quality. Don't get rid TV. Visit locally owned TV Supply Company instead. Have some questions? Call TV Supply Company at 740-593-3493 or visit the new shop location at 12870 State Route 13 in Millfield. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer. Call Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. Hey, Bubsy, you hear the news about Vinny? Yeah, it's a real shame he owed money to the IRS and they finally cut up with him. Just like Al Capone. If the IRS can get the Capone, imagine what they can do to little old Vinny, huh? Poor Jack, he was on top of the world, then bada-boom, bada-boom. What Vinny needs now is an offer he can't refuse. Hey, you got a tax problem? Does the IRS claim you owe them a bunch of dough? They can get you too. So call the tax relief line now and learn if you qualify to negotiate your $10,000 plus IRS tax debt for up to a 75% savings. Don't be like Al or Vinny and get busted. Make this free call now. Learn how you may be able to pay the IRS less. Call now. 800-590-4933. 800-590-4933, 800-590-4933, that's 800-590-4933. In our 70th year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM Eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer during their lifetime. That's a staggering statistic. And I have first-hand knowledge of it with my own wife. And yet today, even. That's our topic today, breast cancer and the Susan G. Komen organization and the race, the Komen race that they have uh, put on for some years now. And uh, let me get all my buttons just right, Scott. Let's see here. I need this one. And joining us live this morning, we have uh, two friends, Julie McMahon and uh, Laura Gruzer, right? Good morning. That's right. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning. Now, Julie, you are the executive director of Komen Columbus. 
And Laura, oh. you, you serve as the the um, sort of our local coordinator of everything um, in this regard. And now, Laura, let me start with you. Where where do you live? Are you in Athens or somewhere else? I am in Meigs County, okay. Ohio. And ha how long have you been involved with this effort? Uh, going on a year right now. I'm, I'm working my way into my second year with Susan G. Komen. Julie, now you're in Columbus, I assume, and, mm -hmm. and um, executive director. How long have you held that post? Uh, relatively recently, we're going through a lot of uh, growth and changes you know, in the current environment. Of uh, course. So under a year, but I've been with Komen for over eight years. And, and when you think of Komen versus... Uh, there are similar efforts around the nation. How do we rank? Well, with Ohio as a whole, we're not doing too great. Um, we have, you know, an aging population in Ohio and a lot of barriers, especially for people living in rural areas. Uh, so we see that we have a mortality rate or a death rate in, um, of breast cancer in Ohio that's fourth or fifth highest in the country. Really? Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, um, uh, let me just give you my background. My wife had uh, breast cancer in 2002. Okay. Had um, uh, the every three-week, um, what do you call it, chemotherapy, had radiation, had uh, surgery, and out of all of that uh, was, was eventually pronounced clean or clear. Then, mm -hmm. then we'd have follow-ups every um, three months, and then it would become six months, and then it would become once a year. And then two years, three years ago now, she's been re-diagnosed with uh, metastasized cancer, the very same cancer, but yeah. it's in her bones. So we are up there every 28 days to the Stephanie Spielman building there on uh, Olentangy River Road. And, so uh, I'm sorry to hear that she had that kind of progression and recurrence. Um, and she's stage four, but the uh, you know they have so many new drugs to exactly. to, to fight these things. And in her case, she's using an eye brands and some yeah. other things. And and uh, you know the readings every 28 days are very encouraging. Um, that's great to hear, and that's the result of progress. You know, eye brands wasn't even a drug that would have been an option for her in 2002. Um, Absolutely. And so that's the kind of progress that we are making in breast cancer. And please know, you know, our Coleman family is behind you in that journey. Sure. Um, and, and Laura, I'm sure, will we'll have to reach out. I'm sure there's lots of resources she can help connect you with, too. Absolutely. Um, but, the, you know, especially the community of people who have metastatic breast cancer is is one that um, it, it, people don't realize that, that people have stage four breast cancer. The mm. story often is, you know, that early stage diagnosis, which is our goal. Um, but it does, you know, it can return. And we've made a lot of progress in research, uh, but making sure people have access to those new drugs is, is really a barrier that Laura can speak to. And we know that especially in um, areas like Southeast Ohio, uh, that there are poor outcomes. So if people ha have um, Medicaid or uninsured, they have poor outcomes. And in counties in Ohio where um, it's they're the, the poorest counties or the rural counties compared to the more affluent counties or the more urban counties, the, the survival rate is not as high. And so that's what Laura is in place to do is try and help families like yours um, who are, are living in southeast Ohio make sure that you have exactly the same kind of care that a family living in Dublin right next to the Stephanie Snow Breast Center has. Well, we have um, had no complaints whatsoever. And, um, you know, uh, Dr. Ramaswamy is, um, uh, she herself, she yeah. herself is going through this. And, yes, uh, and she is fantastic. You're in great hands. Yeah. Well, listen, um, let's, let's get to uh, the point, and that is, uh, let's do some statistics. I already made you one quote there, uh, one out of eight. Um, but this, this talk about the frequency, the seriousness, the, the um, statistics. Okay, who wants sure. to jump into that? Well, I can let you know that breast cancer is the top new cancer diagnosed annually in Ohio. Um, so in 2020, there were almost 10,000 new cases 
of breast cancer diagnosed in Ohio. And then annually, there are over 1,700 deaths. Mm -hmm. So that's a significant number. Now, am I, I, I think I'm correct in saying this is not, while it may be primarily female, it's not exclusively so, right? That's true. So uh, males, too, can suffer breast cancer. Yes, they can. Mm-hmm. Now, um, this, this, you know, some people may know the name Stephanie Spielman. Um, but I'm guessing we need to make sure that they know why that name is surfaced. So who wants to attack that one? I probably can can uh, give shed some light on that. So Stephanie Spielman was uh, the wife of a Ohio State and a former professional football player, Chris Spielman, and um, really brought a lot of attention in Ohio to breast cancer during her own battle. I believe she was diagnosed and then had a recurrence as well of stage four breast cancer. Right. And she had young children um, and had a very public um, journey with breast cancer and uh, eventually passed away. I can't remember the exact year. Um, but she was, you know, a race for the cure participant in the early days. Her family eventually created um, their own fundraising organization and uh, donated a lot of funding to Ohio State and created a Stephanie Stillman Comprehensive Breast Cancer Center, which is a facility in Columbus. Now, Susan G. Komen, um, tell us about that name, please. Um are we still connected? I heard a click, didn't you? <laughs> we may have lost him. <laughs> yeah, the line went dead here. Okay, so uh, we'll pull that off the air. And uh, we'll wait for them to dial in again. Okay. There it's going. Okay. You, you do the magic, Scott. Okay. Okay. Julie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Obviously. Live radio, folks. Ain't it fun? But what's the delay now? They're connecting. Oh, the third party. Okay. So, um... Ready? Okay, hold on. I'll put you you on hold and bring you back on the air. Okay. All right. Let's see here. Don't you have to hang up? And then push it? There you go. Okay, we're all back together. That happens. Radio is fun. Um, so, let's see. So, give us um, the background on the name Susan Komen. Do you want to go ahead with that, Julie? Julie, do we have you on our line here? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and try to connect with her again. Okay. Uh, just I'm going to uh, stay with us, but I'll pull you off the air so we don't hear you. And okay. uh, and then I'll get back in with you in a few minutes. Okay. Okay. All right. So, anyway. They're trying to merge with each other. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, you know, normally we would have these folks come down and be right here in the studio with us and get to see them and maybe even get a cup of coffee and stuff like that. But um, with COVID, we're trying to be sensitive and cautious and all of that. And um, and then sometimes we have to do it even when there's not COVID because of travel arrangements. You might want to try now. Should you think I should? Okay. Yeah. Now we'll jump in and see if we're connected yet. Are I we? I think that we're all Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So... Um, I was asking about the uh, the name Susan G. Komen. Yes. So Susan G. Komen uh, was actually the sister of the founder of our organization. And so um, a woman named Nancy Brinker founded Komen back in 1982 uh, when she lost her sister Susan G. Komen uh, to breast cancer um, in Illinois. And so the organization was named after her when she made a promise to, when Nancy made a promise to Susie, um, and said, you know, I don't, I, nobody should die from this. No family should lose their mother. Um, nobody should lose their sister. And so 
she made it her journey to start fundraising and start helping um, get more research done. At the time, there was really little research happening, and so uh, we really owe a lot to that initial effort, and she launched, you know, walks and runs and races, and at the time, that wasn't really common. Now, there's 5Ks all the time. Um, but it really launched a movement, and at the time, you know, you really couldn't talk about breast cancer. Kind of happened in the shadows, um, and really, a lot has changed. And our, our survival rates have increased uh, twenty or thirty percent. Mm-hmm. We're seeing people with stage four breast cancer um, have a lot more access and a lot longer and, and higher quality life. Um, so we've, we've we've accomplished a lot, but there's a lot left to do. Let me um, th- let's talk about this event itself. Uh, the event was, uh, what, what year did they first do it? The Athens Walk itself, I think uh, the first year was 2015. Okay, so five 15. years ago, roughly. Now, um, oh. the one in Columbus, though. Um, that one is on its 28th year. 28th year. Now, um, the one that we're really talking about today is a a virtual version again because of the COVID virus Um, and it's going to take place on September 19th and that's a it's going to be it's not that Athens is having their own it's that Columbus is having one but it's a virtual thing right do I have do I have it correct yes so we, we serve the whole region, um, even though our name says Columbus. We've always been um, serving in Southeast Ohio, have relationships with all those hospitals. And so um, it's not even limited to Athens, but um, we are having a virtual event, um, which means that basically folks can register, which is actually free. We have an app that they can download on their phone, and they can walk and track their steps um, and fundraise on the app. It's a really fun um, phone app. Then if you fundraise $100, you get a T-shirt. Um, any survivor or patient gets a T-shirt anyway. Um, and then we'll have some virtual activities online people can watch at 8.30 on September 19th. And then we ask at 9 a.m. that we all sort of symbolically step off and go on a walk or um, do whatever kind of activity, a, a jog, a bike ride, or even just mark the occasion by, you know, um, watching the opening ceremonies with family or friends and uh, coming together for our mission. So um, even if you're, um, if someone's just curious, uh, they could get on a website and watch a lot of this, right? Yes. Well, uh, we would ask, that if you're curious, you might as well just register because it's free. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so how about that? that? That, really, registering is the best way to get access to the opening ceremony. Um, they Actually, I'm not sure if they will just be streamed or if it will only be for people who are registered. So mm-hmm. registering is probably the best idea. Um, and so you can, yeah, participate online and watch everything from home. Now, this, this is taking place, of course, in Columbus? Well, it's taking place wherever you are. Okay. So, um, because well, of the virtuality, you mean? But it, aren't they still going to have some sort of central event, even though it's going to be very socially, uh, you know what I mean? No, it actually will be all be online. All be online really. this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I misread something then. Um, now, how, what kind of money has this thing raised over the years? It's significant. Yeah, I think in total, several hundred thousand dollars. Um However, really, Coleman Columbus as an organization, because we serve the whole region, we've um, invested a lot more than that in our mission. Um, we probably do about $300,000 of funding in Southeast Ohio every year, mm-hmm. uh, plus funding research as well. So, um, you know, one of our biggest investments <laughs> in, um, is Laura, who, you know, we're lucky to have on the phone, and she can talk a little bit about what she does uh, locally. And we also helped fund the mobile unit that is at O'Blenis Hospital um, that right. goes around and travels the region and brings screening mammography to women. Now, Laura, um, you know, I've seen that vehicle. It's impressive. Um, the, it the number of 
Well, really, things have advanced so much since my wife first went through this in 2000. Um, oh, so there are so many more offerings of medications. And while Ibrance, they say the average person, it helps for uh, 14 to 18 months. She's on year three now, and it's still doing its thing. And some people it'll help for 10 years, and other people, it, you've learned very quickly, it won't. So, um, and then there's dozens of options after that. So, really, things are improving, even though it's a difficult situation to go through. They are. Things are improving. Um, and going back to the, um, the mobile units, the screening opportunities are, um, are so impressive now. Mm -hmm. And as you said, so many advances. It's incredible what type of equipment and the state of the art equipment that is on these mobile units right. that can come to any community and offer screenings. Um, a lot of times we can get these screenings for free. Um, most people don't even have to have an order from their doctor mm -hmm. to have the screenings on these mobile units. And so we, I, unfortunately, in southeastern Ohio, they're not, they haven't been utilized um, to their full capacity. And so that's one of my jobs is to go out into the public and get awareness built up. Before the, the units get to a certain town, we try to go in and really bump up the information and the education about it. Sure. And so that their numbers are higher because we just, especially in southeastern Ohio, we need, there's such a huge need to get women and men screened to, to get the ball rolling. Right. And to hopefully catch uh, the possibility of cancer, to catch it early so that it can be more treatable and the outcomes are so much better. Now, um, Laura, um, your publicist sent me an idea, and it, it is to maybe tell the story without naming names of oh, um, four or five patients and what they, what they're, what they went through and how the Komen organization and um, Ohio State and so on could help. And they, yeah. each, they each have a unique story, right? Oh, my goodness. Yes. So yes. One, you pick out uh, a couple, and, and maybe we'll do more than that. But the point is, uh, let's start in, and, and because each of these stories are really quite remarkable. They really are. And let me just tell you, the women behind these stories and the families that support these women, they are remarkable also. And uh, I have one patient. Um, she, I was contacted because she had been refused treatment because she had lost her insurance and her chemotherapy bill was really starting to get out of hand mm -hmm. and so the facility where she was going for treatment told her that they couldn't give her any more treatment until she paid her bill hmm. and so we um, worked on funding to try to, to get that bill paid down a significant amount but in the end what we ended up doing was finding her another facility in addition to helping her with the cost of her treatments but we found another facility that she absolutely loves. Uh, she does have to drive a little bit farther. They have a wonderful um, uh, program mm -hmm. established within their facility to help with the cost of her treatments. She, uh, so what we do, did on that end was help her with um, giving her financial assistance to get her to and from her treatments at the new facility because she had to drive a little way further. Right. And she has completed her chemo and her radiation at the new facility, and she's doing very well. Oh. And she, she, uh, she's one of my favorites. She's the one I always think of because I, um, 
this has been almost a year long journey with mm. this particular patient. And I just, I love her. Um, I also had a patient who, you know, a patient was diagnosed right in the midst of um, grieving for a family member that passed away due to the opioid epidemic. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a lot of this patient, in all truthfulness, uh, aside from giving her some financial support to get her to and from her treatments and things like that, just sitting on the phone and talking with her for an hour at a time and just letting her blow off steam and answer any questions that she may have about herself and then letting her cry about her lost family member, things like that, where you have that one-on-one conversation with somebody outside of your family. Sometimes these women just need that. Um, I had a lady who called me a little while back and she said, I don't even know where to start. And I just know that I think I need some help can you just tell me what I need? Is essentially what she said. And so we just go right in um, and uh, connected her with the BCCP um, program that is funded through the Ohio Department of Health. And this particular program helps people with their screenings and diagnostic um, treatment and then also into treatment. Um, it was a timing thing with her. We were able to kind of backtrack a little bit and, and help her out to get coverage for uh, treatments that she would not have been able to afford on her own. You know, um, um, my wife's medication, uh, one in particular, is like thirty nine or 49000 a year. Oh sure. And um, I can't afford that. I'm I'm a well-established businessman, but no, I can't afford that. Sure. So the company that manufactures it, um, you submit a paper annually, and they approve and and basically pay for the majority of it. And. Um, you know what a nice mm-hmm. thing they're doing, and, and I'll just exactly. name them as Pfizer in this case. Um, and we hear okay. about all the things you know that's going on in terms of rapid discovery of a vaccine for COVID, and uh, mm-hmm. they're among the companies keenly involved. My, uh, I have a daughter-in-law, or I guess former daughter-in-law, who's in uh, with Johnson and Johnson in this role. Uh, out in Irvine, California, and, um, you know, they have put so much effort into this. This whole medical thing is remarkable, and I I, I don't know how this all works financially. I'm just glad there's options for people. Right, and, you know, going back to what you were talking about with your, um, your wife's medication and filling out the form, you would be surprised how many people don't know that that there's the possibility that they can have their, their medications covered mm-hmm. just by the actual, and see, that's part of my role also. It's getting, it's knowing all of these, I don't want to say loopholes, but all of these avenues that can be taken to help, and there, there's a lot out there. I have a lady this week who called, and I'm working on getting her um, covered for extra services through um, a passport, the passport system. Right, right. Uh, and she she had no idea that that was going to be a possibility for her. And that actually is something that's available for people who don't have breast cancer. But she would qual she also qualifies for that. And so being able to work on that because she called and called me and said, I need help with everything. I need help with somebody washing the dishes mm-hmm. and I need help with, you know, personal care and I need help with groceries, all of this type of thing. And so we're able to tap in. I, I, I'm able to tap in to other entities besides Tomen and um, that just makes the job even more um, satisfying 
And thanks to Conan, I have the opportunity to be in the lives of these women and find out just how, how needed this, this particular program is in southeastern Ohio. Uh, Julie, you're the head of Komen Columbus. Is, is does that uh, infer that there's also other Komen locations? Yeah, and and that's sort of what's uh, evolving at the t- at the moment. Um, we've typically been an organization that was um, organized to have offices in whatever cities, um, you know, kind of enterprising individuals created a race or a walk, and so that's why it started in Komen Columbus, and over time. We, uh, you know, weren't limiting our either our fundraising efforts or our services that we offer, and we started, you know, spreading and doing that more into Southeast Ohio. Um, so there are three other offices in Ohio and many dozens more across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, we're realizing a better way to move forward would just be to um, offer our services everywhere. And so we really are moving into a, a, a new future where we will offer... We have a, a treatment assistance uh, program for patients to help with, you know, some of the costs that they incur during treatment, and that's an example. We have a, a helpline, and then the services that Laura offers um, will, will now just be national services. With the pervasiveness of breast cancer, uh, i got to think there's another organization or two or dozens out there uh, that do similar work to what Komen does. Um is that true? Well, Clinton's a little unique in our approach. There are many, many breast cancer organizations. And, you know, a lot of times when someone loses someone they love to breast cancer or anything else, you know, they create sort of their own organization. And we really think part of our strength is that we are so um, national and actually international. We have affiliates in other countries as well. Yes. Um, because breast cancer is such a huge problem. Um, and it shouldn't matter where you live. And so we're able to serve people everywhere, but we also take an approach where we um, we do work in research. We fund research. We fund new researchers to stay in the field. If, you know, they're the brilliant minds. We want to keep them. Um, we fund our community programs and help people, you know, on the ground where they live. And then we also fund um, advocacy work. So we do a lot of work with state and federal policies and work on, you know, laws that could help patients. So we have several, um, we had a, a lobby day a couple weeks ago where we met with our congressional representatives um, in Ohio and um, at, at the, in D.C. via Zoom calls and asked them for support on some bills that would help patients, um, metastatic patients, um, and fund programs that we know will, will help patients. So we, we are kind of unique in that we're the only organization that does that all of that um, just for breast cancer. Do you, do you think it's possible or likely or even a good idea to try to um, meet up with other similar organizations and merge and become a more uh, all-inclusive and, and powerful nationwide type facility? Oh, for definitely. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, I think, you know, you only do a better job when you become more efficient. Um, and that's something I think we're always interested in. And there's lots of you know, organizations that do something really unique and interesting to help folks, um, but it only exists in one city. So how can we learn from that and mm-hmm. then expand it to help more people? Um, and we do partner with tons of organizations. I mean, we can't, nobody can do all of this work themselves, right. especially because a lot of the healthcare disparities that we see involve things like housing and food access. And so a lot of what Laura does is partnering with other social service agencies like food banks and Um, public assistance programs that already exist and just trying to make sure that we make the best use of our our partners and what they do and we work together really well. Well, what you guys do is terrific. Um, Do do you ever feel like, uh, I wish we could have said more about this or more about that? And, uh, or you see someone in um, the James or something and, and you you know, you're not sure they know what is available to help them through this. That was an odd yeah, question, think, but try it. Yeah, I mean, I think daily. Not many people know what Susan G. Komen does. Um, that, you know, that's been sort of a weakness of ours is we do a lot of fundraising, but people don't necessarily see what we do on the other side with it. Um, 
So it's nice to have a face like Laura who is there as living, walking proof of, of what we're doing. Um, but we'll do it anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think, we that again, that's exactly what Laura's there for is um, there are so many resources available that, that folks don't know about. Um, and people who are sitting there getting their chemotherapy might be thinking, I wish I could get help with A, B, or C. And if we can just connect, we know how to get them that help. No, Laura, um, it already exists in, in most cases. Laura, you're responsible for our section of the state, you might say. How many yeah. similar people are there assigned to parts of the state? Is it a half dozen? Is it two dozen? What is it? Oh, as far as having navigators in other parts of the state? Yeah. Um, Julie can probably answer that better, but okay. I believe that... I'm I'm it. Um, there are other um, areas of the state who are looking at our model. I see. Um, so we're ahead of things. That's we're good. We're definitely ahead of things. We yeah. are ahead of things. Um, we actually do have someone like Laura in, in Columbus as well. Um, mm -hmm. Her name's Valencia. Um, and so she, can, she does similar work in Columbus. But um, Laura was our first. And, um, and in fact, not only are you know people looking at this model statewide, but we also um, are looking at expanding it and, and have the navigators in other places in the country as well. Um, the reason you chose this part of the state, is it economic? Well, we serve that part of the state and we, we fundraise there, so it's... It, but um, what I mean is there's a, a greater need here at the, to start here and then uh, adapt for other areas as you can? There definitely is a greater need. Um, we also just wanted to focus on that area. I mean, we yes, we wanted to focus on there because of the need. We had the mobile unit there, and we wanted to make sure okay. that the mobile unit um, was, was being used the most that it could be, and, and there was a link there that Laura could help with. But um, it's also because we have this walk. And it's important, you know, we, we were fundraising with the walk, and it's important that people know that what they're fundraising is supporting their own community. And so um, it just made a lot of sense to, yes, answer that need and focus in Southeast Ohio. We know there are disparities, like I said, in rural and Appalachian counties. But, um, you know, we knew we also were, were fundraising there, and so we wanted to make sure there was investment that went along with that. Um, and, and the other thing is, um, I should mention that the AEP Foundation mm -hmm. um, is, a, is a big sponsor and partner, um, and they help fund this work. And so uh, they were really interested in being active in that part of the state as well. Well, the, um, the Pink Walk, right? Um, more than a Pink Walk. More than, more than, pink more walk. than a Pink Walk, excuse me. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about um, September 19th. So not too far off here. And uh, registration, if someone, uh, see, is registration limited? I mean, can anybody participate? Anybody yes. participate, yes. The more the merrier. <laughs> okay. And so they go to a website, I guess. And what, what would that be to register? Or do they call a phone number? So if anyone wants to register, they can go to Komen Columbus, and Komen is K-O-M-E-N, so ComenColumbus.org, and there's a big header there that they'll be able to click on to register. I see. Um, it's, it is free to register, and then, um, like I said, most of the participation is, is online and virtual. Um, there's also an app that you can download on your phone if you have a smartphone that goes along with it. Mm -hmm. um, and so it really doesn't matter where you live. In fact, I anticipate we'll have people, you know, from other parts of the country even. And it's a lot of, you know, you can take pictures and put it on social media and it's kind of cute. You can say you're doing it with someone who lives somewhere else. Um, and if they have any issues with registering, also on our website, you'll be able to find a phone number to call. Uh, I'm going to back way up. When does someone have any, what, what causes someone to have any question or suspicion that they may have breast cancer? Laura, do you want me to answer that? Sure, I, and I will answer, and then if I miss anything, make sure you don't ask. But um, if you find any abnormalities with your, your breast, um, it could even be, it doesn't have to necessarily be a lump. 
it can be a rash um, and things like that. Um, and also, one of the big things is making sure you are screened, whether it's at your, um, your own hospital facility or if it's on one of our mobile units. Watch for when the mobile units will be coming to your town and get the screening that you need a because a lot of times... Screening consists of what, mammogram? Uh, Memo, yes, the okay. mammographies. Oh, and so uh, also electronics, okay. And, um, well, I'll I add just a, a note there. You know, I think we talk about mammograms, and sometimes people may not know what those are. Um, the, the general recommendation is that people should start getting a mammogram, which is really an X-ray of breast tissue, um, about at age 40. But some people may need to be screened earlier, and some people could even get screened later if they're low risk. And so the other thing that is really important for us is talking to people about what their risk is. Um, because breast cancer yes. is really common, and so it's kind of hard to know what risk runs in families and then what is just your general risk anyways. And so there are certain genes and things like that and um, patterns of family uh, uh, breast cancer that we look for. Um, for example, my mom had breast cancer, so I'm, I'm supposed to get screened a little bit earlier, but she also didn't have any of the genetic uh, mutations that can cause breast cancer, so I don't have to get screened as early. And so that's all complicated, and it's hard to understand. So it's really important people to talk to. Like, Laura can actually offer a risk assessment and help someone sort of weed through all that information, but also just your family doctor. You can ask them for a risk assessment or talk to them about your risk. And then what our recommendation is is that everyone understand exactly when they should be screened, which is going to be different from person to person. Now, the pink walk has occurred for some years. Um, it, um, as I recall, it was kind of down there in the, uh, well, not German Village, the other end, Victorian Village area um, of Columbus. Now, um, with with the health concerns lately of COVID. Uh, now we're going to do it virtually. So, um, once you register, uh, there's all sorts of ways you can do it using typically mobile phones and things like that. And um, so you could walk your neighborhood, right? You could, you could walk the bike path down here. You could walk uh, uptown and back whatever it might be um and it'll keep track of your steps and um and is it the responsibility of the walker to try to find some organization that might support them financially with if you take x number of steps we'll pay you so many pennies a step or i don't know i'm making things up here um, well, that's a great idea, um, but no, normally people, so there's some really easy ways. Um, when you sign up, there's a lot of fundraising tools that we have, which allow you to email your friends or family. Um, the app actually will let you use your phone to, like, text them or do different things like that. Um, you could have some sort of, you know, lemonade stand under, obviously, caution with the things that we're dealing with with masks and virus and stuff. Yep, yep, you yep. could ask a company if they would sponsor you and, and, and you could enter, you know, your fundraising in that way through the app or the website. But the really easy thing is we actually have a, if you register, you can link to a Facebook fundraiser. And, you, you, know, every, you know, not everyone has Facebook, but many people do. And it's so easy to do. You just set up a little, click a button, and it sets up a fundraiser on your page. And anyone who you know who wants to donate to support your walking um, and the cause, they uh, can just make a donation that way, and it comes through, and we get it, and you find out about it, and it's fun and easy. Well, what, what, what kind of money has the walk generated in the last few years? Uh, I think it's been about 50000 a year. Okay. We've raised through the Southeast Ohio Walk, and the organization as a whole has typically raised uh, just over $2 million a year. And, and are you concerned about um, that falling this year, or, or do you think there will still be great support? Well, we've seen great support, but it is really a hard environment. Um, nonprofits, especially I know in the Columbus area, across the whole region, 
have lost about $40 million in fundraising this year just for not being able to have events. Um, so, no, it's a struggle. We're, we're having a hard time. So any kind of support we can get, um, it is hard for people we know to, to feel like a virtual event is the same as gathering in person. So we're sad we can't do that. Right. Um, but, you know, it's the, it's the cause that really matters more than the party that we throw. So we're hoping, you know, people will still participate and we'll do the best we can and, um, I'm well, a party guy, though. Too, you know, I'm a party I know. guy. Well, we'll all be back, right? The party uh, okay. <laughs> this year, hopefully. Next year. Um, Next year. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so, th- th- and then let's finally talk about one more topic. And this is the one that particularly appeals to me, and that is research. Um, you know, treatment's one thing, but research, finding new things, new things that do better than the old things. Ah. Uh, I know a couple people here at our campus who are involved in that. Um, and, and Ohio State, you know, their med school is amazing. Uh, ours is pretty cool. But anyway, um, research is cool, really cool. And this helps fund research, right? Absolutely, yes. Actually, Komen is the largest funder of research across the country, second only to the U.S. government. Um, so research is the, the way we will eventually, you know, eradicate and be able to tell people, you know, we can cure you. Um, and that's, and it's our hope that, you know, you're in a situation where you know you're, you're hoping the next, you know, the next breakthrough is going to be there um, to just keep having another, we, I would say, we're trying to give people as many tools in our toolbox to fight breast cancer as possible. Um, and so Komen has, to date, funded um, in the millions, I think we're almost close to $2 billion of research funding since the 80s. Wait, let's repeat um, that. That's an important figure. $2 billion, folks, since mm-hmm. the 80s. And not just our office, um, but all of the collective you know, events that we have across the country. Um, have done that, and so we fund research everywhere. But yes, we do have research we funded um, at you know, places in Ohio, and, and and really great researchers. And one of the things we focus on with research is trying to make sure that some of these really wonderful young researchers don't leave to just go make money in something that's more lucrative. Right. But we want them to use their brains for breast cancer, and so we we invest a lot in trying to keep the next generation of breast cancer research going. Well, I think it's remarkable. I want you folks to have a terrific event on September 19th. I'll talk to my wife and see how we can participate. Um, And and folks, if you have any more questions, uh, once again, go to the website. And it is, um, let me get it here, Komen. Here it is, komencolumbus.org. komencolumbus.org. The only period, the only, uh, you put a, a, a period between Columbus and org, but otherwise no spaces. And you can get lots and lots of useful information. Um, let's see here. Uh, Scott jotted down a note. It says, where can people call for help? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Laura, do you have your number available or should I give them the general? I, I have my number. Um, my direct line is 614-942-1229. Okay. And that's Laura. And um, Laura, um, maybe at some point you could uh, get together with our staff and we could put together a promo or an announcement talking about you know, people with this kind of malady or that, um, here is a great resource for you, okay? That would be wonderful, absolutely. And uh, folks, uh, but if you want to do something quicker than that, 614-942-1229, and you're asking for Laura Gruzer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did that help you, Scott? Okay, he's nodding yes. yes. Well, folks, have a great time up there, and um, and down here too, for that matter. And uh, anytime you want to reach back in and do some more, let me know. 
thanks so much for talking with us, and yeah. we wish you and your wife the absolute best. Thank Let you. us know if we can help in any way. Okay, I appreciate it. All right, we'll uh, let you go then, okay? Okay. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, folks, well, let's see here. A Tuesday edition of the Party Line. Um, and um, I had a, a tentative set up for a program coming up to talk about suicide. I know that's a dark topic. But um, we'll... Um, that didn't work out, but we're going to get it to work out, okay? So we'll we'll get to it down the way here. Um, also, we did the uh, statistics for, um, but I didn't bring them in with me, but the statistics for the, uh, the overnight COVID updates and all of that. And um, uh, we, we are like 514 cases, something like that here in our county. Many of them are recovered. Um, statewide, they had a big bump. Um, but we'll share the exact figures with you tomorrow, okay? Uh, we also had, um, oh, here's an interesting point Scott just found for me. Okay, Washington County. What? Anyway, Washington County has had 241 cases. We've had at least twice that many. Morgan County, 46. Perry County, 271. Hawking County, 154. Vinton, 41. Meigs, 163. We are 500 and a few. Uh, is that any surprise to me? No. After all, we have more people than those counties. Um, you know, we have 66,000 people living in our county. Some of those are uh, half of that number. Weather-wise, it's beautiful outside. I actually had to think about putting on um, um, a cover this morning, but didn't. Uh, but anyway, it's warming up. It's going to be like 80 degrees later today. Um, now, this report up here says 71, but I disagree. 56 right now, though. Um, and tomorrow, going to be a high of 82, they say. Here it says 78. We, we have six different forecasts in front of them, in front of us, and, of course, they never all perfectly agree. Pick your favorite one. Pick your favorite is right. Um... Let's see what else. I did something last night. What was it? Oh, I can't remember. Anyway. Um, I, get, I guess we're just out of time, folks. Weather-wise, um, as we look through the week, it's going to start to cool off. So highs being in the mid-60s by Sunday. Um, you know, I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, only, only, the only precipitation I see is Thursday. 20% during the day, 20% at night. In our 70th year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Rocket Mortgage. I'm Cammie McCormick. A settlement in the case of Breonna Taylor, shot and killed by Louisville police. Here's Jim Crisula. CBS News has confirmed the family of Breonna Taylor will receive, quote, a significant dollar amount in a legal settlement with the city of Louisville, Kentucky. The 26-year-old woman was fatally shot by police in her home in mid-March as they carried out a no-knock search warrant in a drug investigation. Police say the woman's boyfriend opened fire on officers who fired back. The incident has prompted widespread protests 
protest and calls for the officers to be criminally charged. Jim Crisula, CBS News. In the Gulf, Hurricane Sally is churning. We prepared for the worst and we're going to hope for the best. Mississippi's emergency management director, Greg Michelle, the storm is barely even moving and that's not a good sign. FEMA's Pete Gaynor. Rain, I think, uh, because it's such a slow mover, uh, is going to be the, the major issue as we move the next couple days. CBS News correspondent David Begno is in Mobile, Alabama. From Mississippi to Florida, people are preparing. We're staffing up and, and making sure that everybody knows as much as we know to be ready for the storm. That's Andrew Gillich, the mayor of Biloxi, Mississippi. So far, no mandatory evacuation orders are in place there, but he is telling everyone watch this thing. And now's the time to be paying attention to the, to the data and to the information. It's, I guess that's the main thing about weather. It's chaos. Out west, entire towns destroyed by the wildfires in Talent, Oregon. It's 